Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education from across the country. I am Karen Sarah Watson, and I am a teacher. This podcast is for those who want to better understand the experiences of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast. Today I have Susan Jeremy on. Um, Susan is an actress, a teacher, and a um, activist. She does so many things. So um, Susan, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you teach and what's happening with you right now. Okay, well, thanks for having me on your podcast. This is very exciting. Um, and I like my intro. Um, I am an actress and a teacher. I'm also a playwright, and uh, that's important because I write from my experiences. So I have a couple of teacher shows that I wrote based on my experiences. And because I'm a comedian, I tend to go toward the funny side um, because teaching can be that way. That's how we have to survive. Yeah. To buy, sorry. Um, so what's happening now is um, well. I was a classroom teacher for 10 years, and then I became a home instruction teacher where I teach students in their homes because they can't go to school for medical or psychological reasons. And that's what I have been doing for the last decade. So now that we are quarantined, I am remote teaching students in their home, and it's, it's, it's much different and I'd say it's a little challenging because the connections aren't as strong with the students I don't see every day but I um, I teach all grades you know so right now I only have three students uh, which is fine because I'm on the phone with them two hours a day or three hours a day and the younger kids I have a 10 year old who literally requires me to be on the phone with him or he won't do the work <laughs> so, so we we do that it's a lot of FaceTime and tell me about the kids that you service that you work with tell you about them um well I have a student um who is undergoing uh cancer treatment and uh he's 17 and he's very smart and he has quite a workload with his high school so my job basically at this point is to adapt that workload because he's in and out of the hospital so much. And with this challenging time that we're going through to go through cancer treatment on top of it. So for three weeks at a time, he's not able to do any of the assignments. And everything that we do in remote teaching is, as you know, um, and I'm sure all the teachers around the country are doing this. We have to put work on Google Classroom and the student has to access the work. But home instruction, um, because we don't have 30 or 40 or 60 or 100 students to put the work up for, I can have that, that FaceTime check-in, um, that, you know, that Zoom meeting, and um, I can make sure they're up on their work, you know. And so I have a 17-year-old student who's very ill. I have an 18-year-old student who's graduating. He just broke his leg. That's why he was at home instruction. So He's just thrilled to have the extra support to help him graduate, you know. So I work with him on creative writing, which is so wonderful. And, um, and I'm helping him get this uh, physical education packet done because, um, because he broke his leg, he wasn't able to get the gym credit in high school. So he has to write all these essays about the history of weightlifting, the history of meditation. And we've been having so much fun accessing the resources on YouTube and watching videos. And so that's, that's what my days look like. 
how are the kids um, doing? Like when you talk to them, how are they dealing with the the pandemic? Well, and, and the, I think, um, you know, aside from my student who's in and out of the hospital, I think um, my other students, uh, one left Manhattan and he's in, uh, you know, he's with, with his family in a house in New Jersey. So that's different because I teach in Manhattan and my students can't live outside of Manhattan. But with remote teaching, a lot of people left and my coworkers are teaching students in California who were their students, which is weird because you're on a different time zone. And then, you know, so as I said, Google Classroom keeps everybody checking in on a daily basis to make sure they're doing their work. Um, and I, my 10 year old, I would say is hyper and I feel bad for him. So in the middle of teaching, I just get up and we do jumping jacks together. Because, you know, I can see he can't sit still, you know, and uh, I want him to exercise. So, so that's how I do it. And that's where the artist comes in. Like, you know, I've done, we did an ancient China project, and this is all accessing his middle school and the assignments. And we decided to do a rap about it. And I videoed him doing the rap and he got the beats from YouTube and we did the research and it was brilliant. Um, oh my God, that's It awesome. was really brilliant. So tell me about how you use your experience as a teacher in your writing, in your shows. You have a lot of solo shows that you've done, which is amazing, but more specifically about the, your teaching experience. Tell me how you use that. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an, um, a vivid observer in life as a comedian, as an actress, I've, and I've, as a mime. When I was like 16, I took mime class because I observe and I learn how to be and walk like characters and I do impressions. So as a teacher, I take the daily ridiculousness. And when I say that, I mean the reaction of students or the parents or the over the top or the I don't make fun of the students. What I do is I find the fun that they're having with something and I try to recreate it on stage. So what does that look like? Okay, well, I had a show where I was a substitute in an elementary school and I played all of the students, right? So that was just crazy physicality, being all these kids and having a one person show. Then I had another show that I wrote about what it was like to be a home instruction teacher, but it wasn't a story. It was a reenactment of my day. So if I went to East Harlem to a Spanish family, I had the Spanish music and the settings set up and, and the parents uh, greeting me in Spanish. And I just try to recreate that for the audience. And, and I'm living it and I'm paying tribute to them. I also had a, a Russian family and mother didn't speak any English, so I recreated that, you know, so, so that's how it looks, that's what I do. Yeah, great, and so um, are you, and you do, you've done festivals with this, so tell me about. Yeah, usually, well, this is a really strange time. I just wrote a new show, and this show was not about teaching. Um, this show was a tribute to every job I had before I went to school to be a teacher, before. So my survival job and, and the approach on this last show was every job I got fired from because <laughs> I was really a teacher and I was not, you know, going to be a, a roller skating salesperson or whatever. And so I had all of these ridiculous survival jobs that ended up in me getting a couple. Tell me about a couple you had. Like and well, let's see uh, that I got fired from. I was a hostess in a disco 
and uh, and I was too young to be there. I was 19, and the clientele was like in their 30s and 40s. So I was too naive to deal with what was going on in the disco, and and I got fired for being naive. I love that one. And then um, I got my first job when I was 16 was a fast food restaurant called Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips. Oh, I remember that. And I got fired because I kept cleaning the dining room, um, you know, with uh, while I was whistling. And uh, they didn't like the whistling because people complained. (laughs) So I was 16 and I thought that I was scarred for life, you know. (laughs) So so the show... The show that I was supposed to tour this summer, I was booked um, in uh, two cities in the Canadian fringe circuit. Um, It's called Robert Will Show You the Door. And that was every job I was fired from and how it led me to become a teacher. Because if I hadn't been fired from all of these jobs, I wouldn't have gone to school and I wouldn't have gotten my master's and yeah. It's true. So. And I have a very similar story because I, before I became a teacher, I had gone through, I had done everything from, I think I was a bathroom attendant once. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah, I was a coat check girl. I did yeah, it all. Every type, of, every type of waitressing job and just yeah. Like, I worked in the racetrack. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I once sold, um, I once sold gaming, like on online betting. Yeah, betting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, fantasy football. And, you know, I remember yeah. like, something on Facebook where it's just like, guess which job I didn't do. And people could not right. believe all the jobs that I had that were real. So yeah, it's, it's survival. And, uh, you know, I had, when I moved to LA, it was really hard to get survival jobs because there were so many actors. And I got it, a job paying $20 an hour in the 80s, which was amazing, or the 90s, the early 90s, because I could roller skate. So I was roller skating in this little mini outfit, handing out free cigarettes. And it turned out to be a disaster because in California, nobody wanted cigarettes. So they started screaming that I was a murderer. (laughs) So I didn't get fired from that one, but the ad company had to pull me really quickly for my own safety and the nine girls that I was roller skating with. Oh, God, that's so funny. I was a singing waitress, so that was the closest end. There you go. Yeah. I definitely can relate to that. So in, yeah. terms of, um, in terms of teaching, how many years have you been te- Have you been a teacher now? Um, well, this year is my 20th year. Wow. And I've taught elementary, middle, high school, hospital school, and home instruction. What is your, what's your favorite amongst the, that you've taught? Is, is it what you're doing now? Do well, you- my first three years, I was a playwriting teacher in an elementary school. And I loved that because I wasn't full time. I was only three days a week. And the kids were so creative. And, and that was so wonderful. Um, I, I, I must say, I, I miss that because as a playwright and as an actor to be able to do that and that's so wonderful that you can do that as a drama teacher you know and you know the magic of the creativity of young kids especially that age I think it's very under it's underestimated how amazing the minds of these young oh yeah because they're they're not they can take risk and whereas adults would be afraid to try something, kids will just do it. They don't care. And that's yeah. what's so wonderful. Have you ever um, seen story pirates where they perform the stories, like children write the stories and then they adults perform those stories? Oh um, no. It's so that's, amazing. Yeah. I'm, that's I'm giving, automatically giving them an ad um, for story pirates. Yeah. Well, so that was my first teaching job. Yeah. And then from that I I you know, then I got into the like 
you know, the intense of a high school that was, you know, having difficulties and the kids were trouble. And then from that, I went to the psych ward and, you know, no, that's why I got in the high school because I was, I was positioned, I was hired as a substitute in a psych ward. And uh, it was, it wasn't a scary place. It was a sad place because I would have like nine to eight to nine kids. And most of them were there for depression. So it was a sad place. And as an artist, it was the best place for me to be to help these kids because I was doing creative things every day with them, drawing and painting and music. And, and it was wonderful. Um, and so, but that job ended. And then because I had that experience, I was put in, in a really risky developing high school where it was a challenge and I wanted to quit teaching. And that was my first five years of teaching. And it was hard. But yeah. then I found middle school where um, it was wonderful. And I, I helped develop a program for students with autism. What's going on now with the, with, the remote learning, how do you feel like it's going to be like getting back in, like, how are we going to get back into doing what we did well, before as teachers? Yeah. Um, are, are we on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the school building situation is a whole different thing. Now, in home instruction, I'm going into homes, and that can be rather dangerous if there's a virus in the homes, right? So I cannot imagine what they can do to make a school building comply with social distancing. You know, especially in an urban setting where we don't have enough classrooms. Yeah. We don't have enough teachers to monitor the cafeteria. We don't, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's some positive things going on now with teaching and the students being at home and, the parents being with them. And I think that maybe the parents are a little bit more involved because the kids are there. I can't say that for everyone, of course, because when there's five children all fighting for a computer or a tablet, you know, that's gotta be very challenging on the parents. Um, so how do we go forward? I, 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 I feel for the authorities who have to figure this out because this is uncharted territory here. Yeah. And, um, I if I, I don't know, I, there is a sense of I can teach anywhere now. And that's a freeing thing as a performer, like, wow, like I'm going to Florida tomorrow and uh, not for a vacation, obviously they're in shutdown. Um, but it's my mother's 95th birthday this weekend. And I felt like I really wanted to be with her for that. And so that's a little bit of a freedom that I feel that I can still teach anywhere you yeah. know there is something about um because I've been taking classes um with people from all different parts of the country which I, I don't think you could normally do you go to yeah isn't that cool there is like there's it's a way that the the internet and remote learning is bringing people from different places together which is another reason why I love doing this podcast because I am talking to teachers all over the country and right. Getting to know people where I feel like it would be a lot harder if it was just, you know, an in studio kind of thing. So Right. And and the experiences are very different of you know, I would say in rural 
places. I mean, I don't know if you're talking to just city teachers on the East and West Coast, but I'm I curious about Oregon. I mean, just yeah, I'm really curious about like you know what's going on in South Carolina and how you know how the whole system shutdown is affecting how kids learn. Yeah, well, keep I would tuning in because I'm going to be working. I'm going to be talking to teachers from all over. So that's great. And I'll tell you, the kids like my first week with my ten-year-old student. It was very hard to get him to stay focused on the computer, but now he's got it. You know, because he plays so many video games, so he just had to adapt to what he was watching on the computer <laughs> the kids yeah i think that kids are are more adept to um doing video games so that then it's easier for them to learn online as opposed to us old folks who right which is a major you know oh my god how am i going to upload this and cut it and paste it and send it and it's like i it's you know it's a lot he i need his help a lot. yeah no i get it i get it um so tell me do you have any really great stories to share uh, give me one of the stories that you've shared about uh your teaching experience i have this irish family i work with now and uh they have thick irish accent and uh my student is is very hard to focus but his aunt is in the background and every two seconds she's like you got to listen to your teacher. I'm going to come over there and I'm going to make you listen to your teacher now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no matter what I do, I'm like, oh my gosh, would you just please get the work done and sit in your seat? Oh, you're giving her a hard time. There'll be no game after school today. No, you're not going to be sitting at the computer playing any games. <laughs> it's just hysterical. So then because this, you're in their house, but you're not, right? And then, so I didn't even realize she's just this figure in the background that she had such an authoritative voice, you know, and then all of a sudden this nun's voice that I grew up with comes screaming in the background. I'm terrified. He's terrified. <laughs> it is so funny having people in the background and it's, it's, it's been interesting looking at people's houses. I don't know if you found that interesting. Yes. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at this. But what? What what I what they don't realize is the sound is amplified in the background. So I had a parent like hammering some ice or something. <laughs> you know, like whatever they're defrosting in the kitchen is like so loud that I can't teach because they're defrosting this ice chunk. <laughs> but the the same goes for me. Like I put my student to do some work and I said I have to get up one second because the dog walker is there here. And my dog wouldn't get out of the bed. So I'm like yelling at my dog in another room. Get up, you're lazy. Come on, get out of that bed. And they're hearing me laughing. And I come back and they heard everything. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what and they didn't, they didn't know I was yelling at the dog. I'm yelling, you're lazy. Get out of that bed. You're going to sleep all day. Come on, let's go. And they think I'm yelling at a person. And, I'm, and I had to... I had to carry the dog to the camera saying, no, this is Fred. I'm really not that mean. I'm really not that mean. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. What about, yeah. um, what about your experience in the classroom? Have you had any um, really crazy oh, yeah. experiences in the classroom? Oh, yeah. Um, well, uh, I, have, I have, I had bad students. I had like teenagers that wanted to hurt me. Okay. You know, those aren't funny stories. Yeah, I had students threatening to come back with a gun that kind of stuff that as, as I said it was a rough high school yeah um yeah those aren't pleasant stories but I, I was never hurt by or physically harmed um emotionally drained yes yeah, I think every teacher because I I've, I've taught in schools where I felt 
in danger too. I, so I think it's it's not too uncommon to have that experience right. on school. Trips. Um, I did I did run into a student, which is the most amazing thing in the whole world. When you run into a student about eight years later in a public place, and I couldn't place the student, and you know, because they look so different, and he placed me, and he said, "I just want you to know." that when I was in that hospital, because I taught in a hospital setting, right? He said that was the lowest point in my life and your class was the only thing that got me going every day. And I just like burst out crying, I'm on the subway and you know, and then all of a sudden it all rushes back to me who this student is and how, you know, he was from a private school and he was in the psych ward because he couldn't keep up with the work and he tried to harm himself and, how wonderful, right? To, to, to know something so that it stayed with him. And uh, he was able to not only like, you know, tell me about it, but to, to bring me back to that so I can experience it. Yeah, it still makes me cry. Yeah, those are the most amazing experiences to, to see students. You're making a difference. And you don't, and, and you don't when know you are at the time. And then you Yeah, when you're in it, you don't know. And, and there's so, oh, and here's one that just happened recently. Um, this is funny. Uh, six months ago, um, so I got a phone call from a parent of a student that I taught when she was in seventh grade, and now she's in 11th grade, right? And the mother called me and said, My, I found your number. My daughter is having difficulty with trigonometry. And she said, you're the only teacher that ever taught her math. So she understood it. And what's funny about that, Karen, is she was in seventh grade. That's a whole different math than 11th grade. And I can't teach trigonometry. But I was so honored. And I told the mother, I said, look, I don't really consider myself a math teacher. I was able to help her with, like, you know, geometry. And that's whole different. And, and um, but I was so flattered and so encouraged that I said, okay, I will come and Saturday I, I know, and you know, she wanted to hire me as a tutor. I said, I don't want you to hire me yet. Let me just look at the work and see. And I just wanted to see my student. I hadn't seen her. So I get there, she, she puts this work in front of me of all of this, these functions and things. And I literally had a panic attack. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And I was just so happy to see her. And I just looked at her and I said, I, I cannot help you in any way whatsoever. <laughs> And I wasn't embarrassed because I, you know, I didn't take any money from them. And I told them I was just going to, I was just going to try it. Whoa. And that was like a real realization. No, you're not bionic and you can't teach everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I can't even imagine if it was math. I <laughs> Well, because I, you know, I adapt and modify and make things fun, but I have to understand them. And if it's a complex, I can't understand it. How can I adapt and modify? Well, I can I can see why students really love you as a teacher because oh, you're so engaging, you. and I think there's something about being a performer and yeah. really understanding the human condition and having empathy, right. which I think is something that you practice and why why students are drawn to you and what makes uh -huh. you a great teacher. And I just really admire that you really do such incredible work because you're you're working with these kids, some who are so sick, and some who yeah 
can't be in a regular school setting. And, you know, I'm happy that to have you on this because I think people need to hear all different types of teachers. It's not just about being in the classroom and being right. a teacher, but it's about, there are so many different types of teachers out there. So I'm really glad that I had you on to just talk about that. Thank you. And I worked for the city of New York and not every state has home instruction. Yeah. You know, um, and it's a wonderful service and you don't have to be a public school student to receive it. You can be a private school student. Any student who is home for uh, six weeks or more is entitled to a teacher to come to their house oh, in the states that offer it. Now, I can't tell you what all the states. I just know that New York and New Jersey do. Uh, no, I don't even think New Jersey does. Um, you see, I don't even know that, but I'd have to find that out. But anyway, yeah, so it's a wonderful opportunity to meet all kinds of children from all walks of life, all grades, um, but I'm not going to be sent to teach trigonometry. <laughs> that <laughs> we'll do that. That one, we've figured it out right away. Do you yeah. have anything that you want to um, promote and stuff? Like, is there anything out there that people can find, how they can find you, if you can let us oh, know? Oh, well, they can find me on YouTube, Susan Jeremy, yes. I have all of my, because my, my summer tour was canceled um, with this brand new show, and you know, the show is booked for three weeks at La Mama next February, but I don't even know if that's going to happen because of all the people. La Mama's a small theater in the East Village um, and um, off-Broadway, and, and I was very excited about that, but who knows? I think maybe I'll end up performing on an, uh, an empty theater on a stage and having it virtual, which um, is very weird because I need the feedback as I'm performing. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I guess. it's very strange. So yeah, um, I so my writing is promoted. If you Google Susan Jeremy, okay. a lot of my writing will come up, and it's on YouTube because I'm part of a writing program with the hospital, and uh, Broadway actors read my writing, and oh. in in these gala events, and then so I have like six or seven stories up there. Well, I definitely promote you too, and I'll write about it on the podcast too. So, Susan, thank you so well, thank much for being part of the podcast. It's just such—it's so great to see you because I admire you. You too. And you uh, made me feel like I've produced something great today. You, you know, did. participated. You yeah. did. You did something great today. I so did. Thank you, for, thank you for being part of Warriors of Education. This has been the Warriors of Education podcast, dedicated to all the hardworking teachers across this country. We hear you. We see you, we honor you, thank you.